You know, I love when I think about the goodness of God, I think about some things about it not being over yet. It's not over yet. We see this when we go to movies now. It's been a going trend. I know in the Marvel Universe, if you watch any of the Marvel movies, you realize that when the credits are rolling, people start to walk out. And I don't know how many of you have been to a theater. Uh, quite possibly, it's been a while. Um, but as of late, when you go to a movie, it's almost like you have to wait till the credits are done to see if there's anything thereafter. And some people know when there's something after, and some don't. There are times that I would go to a theater to see a movie, and I knew that there were post-credit clips that will tie into the next part of the series, right? So I cringe sometimes because I want to be like, no, wait, wait. I, I sit in the theater, and people get up when they see the credits, and they start walking out. And I know, you know that there's something they should stick around for, but then they grab their popcorn, whatever's left over, and they grab their pretzels or whatever they have left over, and they start walking out. And I want to go, wait, guys, wait. It's not over yet. But I refrain. Because I'm like, they don't know me. That's weird. But I would tell, I would tell my kids, stay, stay put for a moment. Keep watching. Just hang tight. Hang tight. Keep watching right after this part right here. You know what I'm talking about? And you're sitting there, you're like, just hang, it's good, it's good. Just eat some more popcorn, it's fine. It's your dinner for tonight, just go ahead, just whatever. This movie is like 10 hours, it's all right, we're gonna be all right, so. And then, the clip, all of a sudden it fades to black, Ah, pops one of the characters from the movie and you're like, ooh, bonus. So that little clip happens and then they leave you hanging for the next movie, right? And you're like, what just happened? That's crazy, I didn't see that happening. What if the people of God treated each other that way? Well, we looked at each other, we said, hold on, it's not over yet. Just stay in your seat, hold your ground, it's gonna be all right. I need you to understand something, that in that same vein, we have to be able to look at other believers and go, guys, I know you're discouraged. Guys, I know things are tough. Guys, I know what you're watching on TV is just so difficult to watch. I know it. But here's what I do know. I know that it's not over yet. I know that it's not over yet. I thought I'd get more than two amens. I'm going to keep preaching though. I'm going to keep preaching because a viral pandemic, a social unrest, opinionated, come on somebody, opinionated political views thrown into a soon coming election can cause somebody to go, I want it to be over. I want it to be over now. I got an amen. I'm, I'm preaching it now. This will make 2020 a year you won't soon forget, will it? One thing that must cling to our thought process is it's not over yet. He's not done. Come on, somebody say it's not over yet. It's not over yet. 
the Holy Spirit is trying to tell the church that it is not over yet. Keep your guard up. And to be honest, the second half of the year could be just as difficult as the first. And I, and I don't want to be that person. But we as a church can be twice as strong as we were the first half. Why? Because the first half was difficult because, let's just plain admit it, some of us weren't ready. We were blindsided. We did not see that coming. We did not see a lot of this coming. We did not see all sports, all entertainment, everything shut down. We did not expect it. Can I talk to you reality for a moment? You were not ready. Most of us, if not all of us, were not ready. But now we are, God is equipping his people to stand strong and say, you know what? I know what to expect now because there's some things I saw that I had never seen before. Listen, I talk to people that have lived longer than me, has seen more than I have seen, done more than I have done, been places I have never been. And they said, I didn't see that coming. But here's what we saw coming. I'm going to tell you what we saw coming. Ask me. Ask me. I'm going to tell you right now. Here's what I saw coming. A church that's been limping and refusing to go to the doctor and the great physician. A church that knowingly had issues. When I say the church, I'm not talking about our church, talking about the church blanket, worldwide. There's nothing more frustrating than knowing somebody needs to see a physician and they refuse. Ask my wife. Yes, I can be stubborn. Yes. Our children could be like, no, it's fine, it's fine. Their limb is half off. No, it's fine, it's just a flesh wound. There may be three people that understood that reference, but we'll take it. But when it doesn't take much before you realize, okay, 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 I'll go. And so we come to a place as a church that many of us are on our knees because we didn't pay attention. I realize that Jesus told us that there'll be two things we can count on as we approach his second coming. Number one, there will be trouble. There will be trouble. John 16, in this world, you will have trouble. That's how I got that thought. There will be trouble. He didn't play, he, listen, he didn't beat around the bush. There's no parable here. There's no parable. You will have trouble. And then he goes on, if you didn't get it enough, in 2 Timothy, Paul says, but mark this, there will be terrible times in the last days. Friend, I have not seen terrible times like this in my entire life. But friend, let me give you some good news, because the gospel is good news. Here it is. Are you ready? It's not over yet. God always has a silver bullet in the chamber. And that silver bullet is in the form of the Holy Spirit in your life. You, my friend, as a walking, carrying Holy Spirit provider, come on somebody, you are the container of God on this planet Earth. You 
are the missing link of what God wants to use sometimes. And so I tell you, what do we hold on to during these precious times? I want to share with you some thoughts, and there are several. It's more than three, but I'm going to shoot through these uh, rather quickly. Not because I intend to rush, but because it's real simple. But if you're taking notes, write this down. Here are the pressing things that we need to pay attention to. Number one, I need to recognize that our victory isn't over. In other words, here's what I'm saying. It's not over yet. Our victory is there, but we have to still see it through. There's two approaches to victory in this world that I'm watching today. I'm watching believers see it in two different ways. One that is saying, you know, things are so bad, I shouldn't even, I shouldn't even bother praying because Jesus is going to come soon anyway. I mean, no, that's not the right approach. Right? Then you have the opposite end of the spectrum. You have two different spectrums. Here's the opposite. Here's the other end of it. You know, we won... So, why fight? He's going to come, we won, it's all good. Neither of those two statements are Jesus approved. Neither of those statements are gospel approved. A thought of, you know what, everyone is so messed up, we can't help them. The other one says, hey listen, those of us that know Jesus, we're safe. Everybody else, well they have to figure it out on their own. How many know that's not Jesus-like? Instead, Jesus says right in the middle, he says, listen, pray like it's up to you and work like it's up to you. <laughs> you know what I mean? Pray like it's up to, well, some even say pray like it's up to him, work like it's up to you. But I'm going to say that prayer helps me understand that it's not it's not just, Lord, help that person. It's, Lord, interceding, truly interceding for people. So we approach prayer and work in the same passion. Lord God, I'm going to do everything I can to follow you. Not 50-50. I'm going 100. I'm going 100. The victory in Christ, that isn't over yet. The victory that we have in Christ, we realize that we have the victory. How many believe we have the victory? Okay, we have the victory, but there's still an assignment he has for us, and we have to realize that we who are in Christ do not expire those times. We don't just mail it in. We have to do the work of the evangelist and let people know of the goodness of God. You are still the head and not the tail. You are greater because greater is he that is in you than he that is in the world. The same spirit that raised Christ, Christ Jesus from the dead lives in you. Somebody know what I'm talking about today. See, refuse to throw away your confidence in the midst of this chaos. The enemy wants to have you throw away your confidence. Oh, just, you know what, just... It's all over, man. This, is, this thing's a mess. There's no way. There's no, don't even bother praying. That's when you need to pray twice as hard. Anybody know what I'm talking about? That's when you need to pray twice as hard. When you feel like you shouldn't pray, that's when you really need to pray. Because, friend, the enemy is not letting up. He's pressing harder in these last days. So let me say this. Our victory isn't over. Number two, the word of God isn't over. 
The word of God and the power that we have within the word of God. Listen, that word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. Matthew 24 says, heaven and earth will pass away, but what? My word will never pass away. Come on, the word of God is available to all of us. Anybody know what I'm talking about? I know there's times in my life where I realize, man, if I didn't pray that word, if I didn't stand on that word, where would I be today? How many ever memorize a scripture and you just, you memorize that scripture and you still, you haven't got it out of you, it's in you. How many have a scripture, a life verse? Some of you have a life verse, something that really sticks with you. And listen, listen, I want the whole word of God to stick with me that way. Declare the word of God over your family. Husbands, wives, get together. Declare a word over your family in these days. As your pastor, I'm telling you, you need to declare a word over your family. You need to grab your kids like I did just a few moments ago, grab my kids' hands and say, stand up and let's worship together. Stand up and let's pray together. Prompt them. Let them be prompted to the things of God. Hello? Don't say they'll figure it out on their own. Because you know what they'll figure out? How to deceive themselves. That is our sinful nature. We're really good at that. And we've done it. We know it because we've done it. If your world is unstable, if your world right now as you live it is unstable, there's a possibility that the word of God needs to take better application in your life. Hello? Mind and matter. That doesn't mean that, what am I saying? I'm saying don't just think the word of God, but make it a matter of priority. Make it a matter of doing every day. Because the world hammers its ideas every single day day. You don't believe me? Turn on the news. There used to be a day when I was a kid that the newscast would just cast the news. Not their opinion, not their two cents. I miss those days. I miss those days when you were just reporting the news. Don't give me your idea. Don't give me your spin. Just tell me what's happening and let me make a decision for myself. I'm a big boy. I got big boy pants on. Let me do and let me think and let me believe what I need to believe and make heads or tails over it. And let this be my filter. Not the news in which I re- I'm listening to. I tell you what, the Bible has always been and still is the trustworthy, true life that we need today. How many know what I'm talking about? The Bible is our authority. Number three, Let's understand that the power of prayer isn't over. That has not dissipated. That has not gone away. We need to pray. And God still answers prayer today, friends. Did you just hear a few moments ago? You quite possibly will never walk again to now you're running a marathon. Friend, when we believe and we stick to it and we work and we believe and we stick to it and we work, and we believe and we stick to it and we pray through that every single day. Believe God to work through your prayers because Second Chronicles 7.14 is a prayer that I think all of us need to understand that if my people, my people, the ones who call me Lord, not if they share or tweet, not if they bother people with their opinionated views if 
my people who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from their wicked ways. Why are God's people having wicked ways? Because we're so concerned with somebody understanding me that they could care less about understanding God. We can't be like that. It's not over yet. We're playing like the game is over. It's not. There are still moves to make. You're treating, you're treating check like checkmate. It's not. Heed the warnings. Heed the understanding that every single one of us, God is calling us to rise up in this day and make a response very well known. That Jesus Christ is my Lord and he is my Savior. Somebody know what I'm talking about? If my people will, who are called by my name will humble themselves and pray and seek my face and turn from the wicked ways, then and only then will I hear from heaven, forgive their sin and heal their land. And our land needs a lot of healing. I still believe in the words of Jesus in Matthew 18 where he says again, I truly say to you that if two of you on earth agree about anything, come on, they ask for, it will be done. It will be granted, it will be given by my Father in heaven. When two or three are gathered together in my name, I am there. I am there. In the midst. So let's pray through the challenges today. Amen? Let's pray through the challenges today. I will be calling for prayer here. And these coming months, nights of prayer where we will meet. And we will pray. And I'm calling on you right now to be a part of that. Don't take it for granted. Don't take it for granted. We need to pray. And we always set aside time for prayer. During election, during national times of prayer, we set those are given. Those are given. But understand something. You know what's not given? Our freedoms. Christ has offered ultimate freedom. Amen. Ultimate freedom. And some of us would settle with national freedom. And still be okay with being bound spiritually. It's not okay with me. As your pastor, it's not okay with me. Let us approach the throne of grace with confidence. Let us bear the responsibility we have as watchmen on the wall. Your kingdom come. Come on, somebody. Your will be done. Prayer is the pathway to setting our priorities in order. We need to be that. Amen? Amen. The attributes of God, number four, the attributes of God never change. I need, I need you to understand something. The attributes of God never changes. He is who he is. Remember, his love endures forever. See, there are many things that change in this world. God, however, stands alone as the constant, our ever-present help in time of trouble, Hebrews 13, 8. He's our ever-present help. Come on, somebody say that with me. ever present help he's always there he's always constant he never changes number five his work in you 
is never removed. I'm going to take a moment with this one because this is a good one right here. Because I remember, I remember in my life there were times where I said, did I mess up so bad that God forgot me? I'm pretty sure I'm not the only one that's ever thought that. Let's be honest. Show of hands, anybody? Don't worry. Don't worry, you're on camera. Oh, all of a sudden, hands went down quick. Did you see that? It's amazing. I'm just, I'm kidding. But you hear what I'm saying? You ever felt like, man, I, I, I done messed up too long. Too, I, I, did it, I, I did it too long or, or I messed up too badly or something went, something went wrong in my, my heart. I don't know what happened. God has allowed you to be alive for such a time as this. Listen, there's a reason why you're still here. If you got a pulse, you have a purpose. And I'm here to tell you that once, what was once your call is still your call. What was once the work of God in your life is still a work in your life. And Romans eleven twenty nine 29 was very clear. It says what, uh, that uh, for, the God, for God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. What does that mean? The call of God is irrevocable. God remembers. God has nailed the gifts in your life in such a way it cannot be removed. How many are grateful for that thought? For God's gifts and his call are irrevocable. What does that mean? He won't take it back. And no man can take it from you. Did you hear that? No man can take God's call from you. Look at me. No man can take God's call from you. His work in you is never removed. James 1.17 says, For every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of heavenly lights. I used to think this meant like Reese's peanut butter cups because <laughs> I'm not going to lie, that felt good and perfect to me. When I realized that scripture meant something else, I realized that every good and perfect gift he's put in me, God finds it to be perfect because he made it for me. Listen, there are people that walk around this world shifting shadows. Now let me ask you a question. You ever played a, a game when you were a kid like, uh, I remember when I was a kid, I'm going to date myself. Are you guys ready? I'm, gonna, I'm just going to bring a little nostalgia into the room. Are you ready for those of you streaming, for those of you in the room? I was a game, there was a game I used to love to play called Duck Hunt. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Duck Hunt, come on. All the, all the seasoned veterans of Duck Hunt know what I'm talking about. And the game was for Nintendo. Before the DS... Before, this, before you switched, my kid understands that, the switch. It was Duck Hunt. And you know what it was? I've been working on that all week. I hope you're impressed. The sound effects are free, John. The ducks would come out from behind the, the bush, you know what I'm talking about, remember that? And they would come out, and you got your gun, you know what I'm talking about, right? Angel know what I'm talking about. And so, you're there, and you got, remember the wires? Remember there were wires, there used to be wires that used to come to. 
And then, God forbid, you should get excited and pull the whole thing, knocks over and stuff. You're like, oh, man. Now everything's wireless and Bluetooth and great tooth and whatever. And so, that was weird. Um, but I used to, I remember playing duck cut and I remember shooting and they were moving. You're like, ah, ah, and you're shooting and you're taking, why? The moving targets, man, they're moving targets all over the place. And you know what? There's a lot of people that they, they look at life that way. There's moving targets. They're like, how am I supposed to be holy? And how am I supposed to love my family when they say and do the things that they do? And there's so many moving parts. How am I supposed to be that? And you find like they're moving things all over the place. How many know what I'm talking about? There's moving parts, shifting shadows, all these things going. How am I supposed to follow that? How am I supposed to nail this Christianity thing? It's so hard sometimes. I want to tell my family members what I think, but it's not something I want to be made public because what I have to say is no holy. So God help me. It's honest. But it's not right. But I'm thinking it. But I try to try to balance between truth and what am I saying? I'm saying that the work of God in you is never removed. And you have to understand something. That God is still working in you. Don't think for a moment that just because you messed up that God has hit the reset button and you now have to start all over again. And work your way into being loved by God. Listen, he loved you before you were in the womb. Even while you were in the womb, he loved you. He knew you. And so I need you to understand. Every good and perfect gift comes from him. And he puts it in you. And he wants you to know, I haven't, pulled, I haven't taken it back. Respond to me today. Respond to me today. How many know what I'm talking about? Respond to me today. The world changes. God does not. The world flip-flops. God does not. The world changes its mind on you. God has already prepared for you the gifts you need for this day and age in which we live. You know, I love being around people that don't share the same gifts as me. I'm, I'm amazed. How many have ever been around somebody that does something really well that you could never figure out? You ever been around somebody and you're just blown away by how they do that? There's some people that just, uh, on Minecraft, as a, as a, not Minecraft, I didn't say Minecraft, but in my craft, in my ability, that too though. I'm a communicator and I'm a pastor and I and have evangelistic heart. And there's elements of communication that's a strong suit of mine. I'm amazed by people that can teach. Like sit and teach, teach. Like it's second nature. That's why when I'm around teachers, I thank them for their gifts. I thank people that can teach. When I'm around singers that can sing, I realize I can't. Number one. Number two, I realize they're gifts. And I say, wow, thank you for your gift. Those that can play an instrument, those that can play certain things, I'm like, wow. I'm so blessed by that. Friend, can I tell you? 
don't be intimidated by people who don't have gifts like you. Because everyone has been given a gift. Now you just need to use it. Everyone in this room right now, anyone listening to me, you have a gift. Now it's a matter of using it. Let me share this with you. 2 Peter 1.3, by his divine power, God has given us everything we need for living a godly life. Did you hear that? God has given you everything you need to live a godly life. Stop telling yourself you can't. Can't is a four-letter word that is not acceptable in my home. I tell my kids, every once in a while, I tell them, cruises don't use can't. Cruises don't use can't. I'm embedding them the faith to trust in the process that God has called them to do something great. 2 Corinthians 9, 8, and God is able to bless you abundantly so that in all the, so that in all the, Things at all times, having all that you need, you will abound in every good work. In the midst of trouble, we still have family. In the midst of trouble, we still have friendships. Listen, we have a roof over our head. We have gifts and abilities. Friend, listen to me closely. God is taking care of his people. Just stop long enough to hear it. Did you hear that? Stop long enough to hear it. Number six, actually, I'm going to do this key principle number one. Here's, here's a side note, key principle number one. Let's not remain so focused on what we don't have that we fail to remember what we do have. And along those lines, let's not focus so much on the opposition against us that we fail to miss the opportunities before us. That's just a key principle I'm throwing out there. That's a principle. That if you can hold on to this, this is, a, this is absolutely crucial. I'll be sharing these on social media later. Our team will be on it. But know this. I can't be so focused on what I don't have that I miss what I do. Amen? Number six, his promises are not forgotten. Come on, we were throwing a curveball this year, haven't we? His promises are still there. My answer is this, 1 Corinthians 1.20, for no matter how many promises God has made, they are yes in Christ. That good? They are yes in Christ. Trials and struggles in this life, God still has his promises remain. So let me throw you key principle number two. Key principle number two. In the midst of chaos, our approach is the same Remain prayerful when you need wisdom. Remain patient when you know you should wait. And remain persistent when you're released to walk. (laughs) I can't tell you how important that is. Did you get that? I'm going to say it again. In the midst of chaos, our approach is the same. You realize that when things are great and things are bad, our approach is always the same? What happens when we pray more when things are bad? By nature, we pray less when things are good. Did you hear that? If we pray more when things are bad, that means by nature, we will pray less when things are going right. So our principle is this. Approach everything consistently. Remain prayerful when you need wisdom. Patient when you, know you need to wait. And remain persistent when you need to walk every single day. That's a good principle right there. 
So let me move to number seven. The Great Commission isn't over yet. I always wondered when I was a kid, when I read that passage and I came to Christ, I remember reading that every ear will hear and then Christ will come. How is every person going to hear the gospel? That's pre-internet. Now, people are hearing us around the world, watching this moment around the world. Why? Because the power of the internet has changed the game. So I say this to you today. Remember that the Great Commission is closer to be fulfilled to go and reach every person in the name of Jesus. Key principle number three, here it is. Simply stated, we must go and grow like never before and help others do the same. We must go and grow like never before and help others do the same. And my last thought is simply this. The moving of the Holy Spirit is upon us. Friends, I need you to hear me closely. The moving of the Holy Spirit is upon us. A deeper level, a deeper connection. Have you wondered how you can get closer to God? Look no further. Right here, right now. The darker the times, the brighter the light. The darker the times, the brighter the light. You want to see a move of the Holy Spirit? Hang around long enough to see it. Don't think this is instant. That's how we think it, don't we? We think that way. Instant. I want everything go, go. Instant message. Instant text. Instant this. Instant that. Everything's instant, instant, instant. No wonder we don't have patience. Blazing internet speeds. Everything's fast, 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 fast. But you know what isn't fast? Patience. Patience isn't fast. And sometimes to hear the Holy Ghost, you need patience. Acts 2.17, in the last days, God says, I will pour my spirit on what? All people. All people. You, me, that person that you don't like at work, but they're still a Christian? All people. You know why? Because God didn't take away their gift either. There's going to be a, a point where God's people will be activated and we're going to realize this is it. And I'm feeling that. And those of you that pray, you know what I'm talking about. There's an urgency that is happening in the body of Christ today. Friend, it isn't over yet. It isn't over yet. Say it with me. It isn't over yet. So here's my, my final thought. My final principle. Are you ready? His power comes when we posture ourselves through persistent prayer, renewal passion for his presence through worship, and recommitment ourselves to God, to God-sized purposes that require his power. I know it's long-winded. I know it's long. But here's the basis of this principle. Posture yourself in prayer. You want the power of the Holy Spirit. Raise your hand if you want the power of the Holy Spirit. If you want God to use you. It happens by posturing yourself in prayer. There's no short, there's no short list to that. There's no short way to do that. So my prayer as your pastor is simply this. May our love for God burn again 
so deeply in his presence that nothing else matters. Can I pray with you right now? Can I pray with you right now? That we will posture ourselves right where we are. Posture ourselves. Say, well, what does that mean? Does that mean I have to put my hands together? Or Listen, whatever you feel is fine, but understand this. Humble yourself right now with me. Whether you're, whether you're here or online or the on podcast, just close your eyes for a moment and pray with me that we will become a people who posture ourselves. So, Father, we come to you asking in this place, let your Holy Spirit move in power. Father, we ask you that you would give us and grant us the ability to be patient. The ability to stop everything and pay attention for redemption draws nigh. Lord, we realize today that as your people, we have to come closer to hear the whispers of the Father. Father, we realize today how deeply embedded your promises are in us. And we've, we've buried it. Whether it be because of our mistakes or our past, we've buried it because we thought that somehow we have somehow been revoked. That that gift has been revoked, removed, or even replaced. God, I'm asking you for every person the sound of my voice today. May they understand that it's not over yet. That we can't mail it in, nor can we think for a moment that we don't have to work on this. Lord, may we work diligently to trust you. And in essence, pray like it's up to you and work like it's up to us. Lord, we pray move in power and may we work to the day of your coming we know you came the first time but now we know you're coming back again I'm asking you today that we would be a people that don't run from your presence but to your presence so today allow us to realize that it's not over yet it's not over yet. Father, may we hang in the fight. May we not take off the tape from our gloves. May we not leave the ring. May we not mail it in. But instead, oh God, decide that what you're doing is far, far more important than what I'm thinking you're doing. There's things we don't see things we don't understand and I'm okay with that but one thing I need you to do God is make sure that we see our role that we may not thwart the ways of God in these days Father I pray for every person in this room that has felt like they've lost their gift 
for every person that felt like they've lost their way. For every person that felt like maybe, just maybe, you've skipped over them. Help them see you haven't. In Jesus' name, we love you and we honor you today. In Christ's name. Church, I can't tell you how important it is for you to heed the words I just gave you. The urgency that is in my spirit for the church today is far greater than I can put into words. Let's stop the casual Christianity and let's move forward. I mean really committing to something great really committing to something deeper something more are you with me can you give me just one more minute just stand to your feet just give me one more minute as you stand to your feet if you can tonight we have our volunteer meeting for the VIP and the freedom kids I'm going to tell you number one I need you to be here and be here on time do you hear me if you are or you intend to be in ministry, you want to help, you're not sure what you want to do, you want to learn more, come on out. We invite you to come on out too. But here I want to talk to those of you in this room. That maybe you've been here, a part of freedom for a long time. You consider this your home church. I'm not talking to people that don't consider this your home church or this is your first time here, second time here. I'm not talking to you for a moment. You can hear, listen in, and if it applies to you, then it applies to you. But most likely, I'm talking to those of you that call freedom your home church, and you know you should be doing something for the kingdom, but haven't. Can I encourage you? Saved people serve people. 